Hello, and welcome back to It's Symbolic, documenting those few times when it's considered socially acceptable to hyperfixate. I'm Jacob Savage. I'm here. I'm Ben. So, uh, I guess... <laughs> oh, oh, okay. You're, you're gonna start this time? She yeah. sounds so eager. <laughs> uh, that's... I think she's got something really killer lined up to start us off. We believe in you. Uh, not any jokes... Um, Do you no. have any jokes, though? <laughs> I just want to get started, because this Oh my is, god, we're all business. This is a subject I'm quite enthusiastic about. Oh, As yeah. everyone can tell. Mm-hmm. So, today we're talking about the works of Jim Sullivan... Singer-songwriter whose life and work became kind of intriguing. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get into it. I'm sure <laughs> there are some details that you we can see why to. he's remembered so fondly. We kind of have to. Um, so James, you have me Anthony. curious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just wanted to validate. Okay, well, fine, fine. I'll just. <laughs> So God, we really are just all business today. I, I thought you got the memo. <laughs> uh, what was, what's the dress code? I'm not wearing. I'm not. I, I don't think I'm appropriately dressed for this. Jesus, we we talked about this. Are, are we going to have to write you up again? Fuck. That'll be my third strike. Have to go through HR and. Are you at least wearing, like, a fringed jacket or some jeans, like, bell-bottom jeans? Um. Appropriately I mean, 70s clothing. I mean, that's a given, so do I you mean, even have to ask? I mean, I think someone who lived during the 70s has probably worn something that at least somewhat resembles what I'm wearing right now. I mean, statistically speaking, probably. So am I off the hook? I guess. For now. I'll allow right. it. And with that, uh, our joke quota is met, so you can go ahead and just continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so James Anthony Sullivan, he's born August 13th, 1940, in San Diego, California. And according and to... Being the born in line... San Diego is either a very good or a very bad sign. <laughs> Would you say that about literally any city that she said he was from? No. I'm saying that specifically about San Diego. <laughs> I'm not convinced. Give me give me some examples. Look, San Diego is a city very near and dear to my heart. Yeah? I, Prove I, it. I, I was trying to... <laughs> Prove it. I, I'm familiar with San Diego. That's where my parents met. So, of course, all right. That's I, fair. I have to end up going there all the time. Alright, you've, you've proven it. I will accept yeah. that. <laughs> you, yes. you are allowed to continue uh, listening to this episode. We would have kicked you off if you were lying. And I'm the one who edits them, so that would have been particularly difficult. Well, that would have been like a fun surprise. Like, oh, I wonder what Mir and Ben were up to. Wow, they, they told some really funny... J they're a lot funnier when I'm not here. Wow. 
Well, no, I wouldn't be allowed to listen, so. Oh, okay. I would never I'll, know. I would have just told you, like, boy, that episode was a real, like, a real knockout. We should just not a let you on slapper. anymore. A real both of the knees slapper. You, yeah. need, you need both of them for how much slapping you're going to do. The president of comedy called, <laughs> and he absolutely loved it. He wants to he wants to invite you to join the band anyways. <laughs> Jesus. I I'm sorry, Mira. It's going to be like this for the rest of the episode. <laughs> it usually is. <laughs> this is me fighting oh. you for the beginning. Anyway, San Diego, the land of sun and high tax brackets. So, he kind of always was on the edge of fame and success. He moved with his wife and son to Los Angeles in 1968, and apparently his wife worked at Capitol Records, but that wasn't enough to, like, get him signed there. So he would usually play- Then what is marriage good for? (laughs) I know, right? If it can't get you a record deal. So he would usually play at clubs, in particular the Raft Club in Malibu, and became friends with- Hollywood figures like Harry Dean Stanton and apparently appeared as an extra in the movie Easy Rider but I haven't seen it so I can't confirm that Um, simultaneously the most one of the most 70s movies out there despite being made in the 60s (laughs) all I know about it is that there's a lot of motorcycles and it's why you can't film in the that one cemetery in New Orleans, because of yeah, the because ending. they literally just got high and shot like a twenty-minute sequence there, <laughs> which sounds like the kind of movie this guy would be involved in. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I don't. So he, I, I, I don't know for sure if he's in it, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so he managed to get a put together an album on an. I guess, independent label called Mani in 1969, and that's his most well-known album, UFO. All the clock on the wall is a fine clock Chasing the minutes in a climb And the clock on the wall is a fine clock why can't I just roll back the time? Why can't I just roll back the time? And UFO, I think. So why is it called? I think it's a do you need me to tell you? Do you need me to tell you what UFO means, Jacob? <laughs> is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> I mean, if you want to make a bit out of that, we can. But Do you think everything I do is for the sake of bits? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder. Well, you know, maybe I just feel like I'm pulling all the weight here. (laughs) Uh, So, UFO, you said you consider a masterpiece. Yeah. It Um, is a very folk rock album. A lot of um, acoustic guitar. Will you kindly let me in? Yes, it's me. I'm hanging around. Honey, now your Sandman's back in town How long since you slept, my dear Interestingly, the title song, UFO, was not released as 
a single, although Rosie and Roll Back the Time were after uh, it was reissued on an LP by Century City in 1970. And I don't know if we want to, like... We probably will talk about this album more, but I'd like to go a little further into his discography. Oh, sure. Um, in 1972, he released a self-titled album, Jim Sullivan... Playboy Records, and because when I think records, I want to listen to. <laughs> I think. Playboy. Wait, 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 wait. Is it like actually like? Yeah, like yeah, that Playboy l- for real. Like actually, that... like like Hugh Hefner was like, I like your sound. I'm gonna publish you. <laughs> I don't know if it was if he was directly involved. Um, I mean, probably not. He couldn't take advantage of women that way. That's 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 a good point. He he did love to do that. There's not really anything I can say to continue down that line of thought. So let's not. Okie dokie. Um, yeah. Playboy had a record company. That's pretty much all you need to know. Were were they? Did they publish a lot of stuff? This is the first I've ever heard of this. I do not. I feel like this must have been a fairly short-lasting project of theirs. Yeah, I guess it kind of wasn't that long-lived. But it was the 70s. Playboy was everywhere. Yeah, I guess, according to Wikipedia, they released singles from ABBA, like, very early on before they reached international superstardom. And soon you've got a big head and you start thinking you're too good for Playboy. (laughs) Ava is too good for Playboy They are I mean nobody's arguing that The record wasn't really successful either And Really continued to Play in clubs His marriage was kind of starting to disintegrate And Now we get into kind of what Where I think a lot of interest in him Comes from So, he decides in 1975 to travel to Nashville, which I guess at the time was, like, I don't know, more of a musically driven city. It still is. I guess it still is. So, um... Yeah, Memphis and Nashville both. Nashville, I believe, is a bit more country-oriented. Is, uh, is Dollywood in Nashville? Uh... Do do you think that's what he meant to go see? (laughs) Yes, that's what I'm saying. It was the early 70s. I would also want to hang out with Dolly Parton then. You wouldn't want to hang out with her now? I mean, I would. But, I mean, if I I, could travel back in time... I was going to make a joke, but it legitimately opened in the 60s, so... Hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, but, but it wasn't as Dollywood then. It wasn't, apparently, a little Dollywood trivia for you. It wasn't Dollywood until uh, 1985. Hmm. And why is that? But her presence was still felt. <laughs> God, so true. Life comes and goes, but Dolly is forever. So he 
decides to travel there to try and see if he can find a little more success and that he'll send for his wife and son if he does. So they're staying behind in Los Angeles. He leaves March 4th, 1975, driving alone in his Volkswagen Beetle. Around 15 hours later, he's stopped by highway patrol for sort of swerving in his driving. And after he's found to be sober, they tell him to check into a local motel Probably good advice. Get yeah, some we rest. know you're having a good time here, but because <laughs> that would suggest that he had been driving nonstop, so he checks into the La Mesa Motel in Santa Rosa, New Mexico. Although he appears to have at least gone into the room, uh, he left his key there and bought vodka at the town store. He didn't seem to have <laughs> slept there. Oh, I'll show them drunk. They think I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> So, he was seen the following day about 26 miles or 42 kilometers away at, or at least near, a ranch owned by the Gennetti family, and his car was later found abandoned there. Hmm. He may or may not have actually been seen walking away from it. That might be apocryphal, I think. His car contained his money, his wallet, papers clothes and most notably his guitar which is important because his family music comes from yeah music comes from that um so his family just wandered the desert playing his guitar (laughs) his family and friends say that if he were to just abandon his family and leave and disappear he would have at least taken his guitar with him because that's a very country lifestyle (laughs) he could always Uh, just make some a few bucks playing busking on the street just just me and the old six string on the open country roads it was apparently a 12 string actually look (laughs) yeah it doesn't necessarily paint the best picture of him just like yeah yeah, we know he cared about his guitar more than he cared about us (laughs) I mean, they didn't think he would abandon his son even if his marriage wasn't doing great. And I realize that sometimes dudes who might not look like it end up becoming deadbeats anyway. But yeah. they say yeah. if he was going to disappear, it's not- his, gar- his guitar would have con- carried him like he would have been able to make money by just playing music on the street. It's not about appearances. You, too, can become a deadbeat. (laughs) (laughs) He's never been seen or heard from since, and... Wait, that's where this story was going? Yeah. Yeah. He disappeared. What the fuck? This was not what I was expecting. (laughs) (laughs) What were you expecting? Like, like, oh, he, he gets picked up by some producer cruising the country road. Like, you look like a talented fellow. Why don't you come with me and we make ourselves a little music empire? Unfortunately, no. Um, that man was Wayne Newton. <laughs> so that's how Johnny Cash was invented. <laughs> there was, at one point, a 
body said to resemble him found in the general area of the desert, but it was later confirmed to not be him. And there's been a lot of speculation over what might have happened to him, but there's... Chilling with Elvis, am I right? <laughs> some you don't of have them... to laugh at that. Some of them involving... Jim Sullivan is New Mexico. <laughs> he became one with the desert. Um, Holy shit. Yes. Some of them involving foul play to becoming disoriented and just dying of exposure. Um... And also, in light of his first album title, Alien Abduction. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no joke. I mean, it was um, New Mexico. This is not a joke. This is a thing that people actually say. I mean, I'm not surprised, but but still. So, many years later, in the... Oh my god, is this story not over? Yeah, no, <laughs> Where it's not. Where does it go from here? They found him. No, many years later... He's just later, been chilling uh, this man... whole time. <laughs> A man named uh, Matt Sullivan, who founded uh, Light in the Attic uh, Records, he comes across Jim Sullivan's album UFO on somebody's blog. They had just, like, uploaded it. And he became really interested in this guy and his music and, like, trying to find out what happened to him. And... He Say, this kid to... has talent! His name is Matt Sullivan. It should be noted, he's of no relation to Jim Sullivan. How about he Ed? actually, like, went out and spoke to his family and people who knew him and tried to find... Jim Sullivan's family, not his own family. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for Hey, Mom, have you heard uh, about this guy? Disappeared in the desert or some shit? <laughs> tried to find the master recordings like the master tapes of this album but they seem to have been lost or destroyed so he had to kind of reconstruct it from existing I'm, records I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you on a tangent again but master tapes sounds like the villain in an 80s cartoon <laughs> seriously <laughs> does he we must defeat master tapes with the power of music <laughs> And friendship. They were destroyed long ago. Anyway, back to what this episode's actually about. We are having a million sidebars. So he was able to, like, create a legal um, reissue of the album. And in 2011, there was a CD reissue through Light in the Attic. And that kind of is where... The story ends, I guess. There's for now. There still now. have been no real leads in Jim Sullivan's case. Well, I would imagine nobody's really looking into it at the moment. I mean, people are, but like, I, I mostly... wouldn't be surprised if there are like pilgrimages that people make out to the New Mexico desert. If not specifically for him, then. Because of aliens, and he is tangential to that. Mm, he, that makes sense. He has at least some tangential connection to aliens, and <laughs> so does New Mexico. What's the distance between Roswell and Santa Rosa? 
Um, what? Who were you asking? Um, <laughs> myself, you guys. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that seems like something oddly specific to expect any of us to know. I mean, it's alien stuff. Jacob, are you an alien guy? I, no, Mir's the alien person here. Yeah, that's... Oh, have you considered asking yourself? <laughs> um, I mean, it only occurred to me looking, to look it up, like, right now. Google Maps is telling me that it's a two-hour drive. Well... So, about uh, 120 miles. So, what, 45 minutes if you're not a wuss? Oh, I had it set to walking, so... Oh Dada. my god, how, okay, yeah, so I was, to walk? I was wondering see. why it said 39 hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's but for the yeah. diehard fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it should only take you two hours to drive, so maybe one day I'll take that journey. Um, oh. not, not the walk, though? Probably not the walk. You, can you make call that, like, yourself a fan... <laughs> They can make that sort of a, like, like, marathon event or something. From one alien to another. Exactly. Alright. How do we talk about stuff on this show? I don't remember. You've done, like, 28 episodes already. <laughs> you should. Um, That's okay. I, I don't remember anything either. Don't, don't tell him, but I actually don't know who the other guy on here is. <laughs> I'm just, we're too far in at this point that it's just too embarrassing to ask. <laughs> and uh, did you want to go into detail about the albums? Since that's Whoa, you can listen to them? <laughs> his output. Yes, you can... D- do you not know how music works? I thought you used them to, like, uh, cut fruits and vegetables. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sure. Yeah, both albums well, you, know, you, take... you can listen to online or like on Spotify. And people tend to talk about his album UFO more, but I think his self-titled album is also worth listening to. I was they are both very short. For... Yeah, there. Were... I don't know if it's for albums of this period, but like UFOs. Like twenty five minutes long. Yeah, they're they are pretty short. Like UFO is ten tracks and Jim Sullivan eleven. Mm, Jim Sullivan's a bit longer since I believe it's a double sided. But yeah, and a couple of his songs from UFO he like re recorded and um he actually had some like good like backing musicians like they were the wrecking crew and uh they had done music with uh it's the name of the band it's not a wrecking crew that just happened to be around the studio <laughs> <laughs> you heard you needed some musicians <laughs> we'll drive a bulldozer through the building and record it <laughs> um now that's folly work uh they had worked with like we also have cement mixers available <laughs> You sort of you, you put some like cement bricks in there and tumble them around, and it makes it makes a hell of a beat. Yeah. Have you considered the musical application of a jackhammer? <laughs> a th- Very high BPM. 
this is a little uh, ahead of its time. That's kind of more getting into industrial music. <laughs> I guess it is. Technically speaking, yeah. You would think the Wrecking Crew would be the name of an industrial band. Thing is, there's also not that much for every song with nice backing musicians. There's one search just like him and his guitar or piano. Like I said, it's very folk country, which is not a genre that I profess to know a lot about, for being totally honest. By the few examples I have heard, these are definitely not bad. I'd say that there's some good numbers in here. Well, not bona fide hits, but especially given the general shift in country music over the years. Uh, one workplace I've been at played just a country station, and I swear to God, it was just the same seven songs over and over. Uh, how many more about trucks? <laughs> Um, at least one. I mean, the biggest truck anthem was definitely by Lemon Demon, and we all know that they can't surpass that, I so why even that's... bother? You know that's not what I'm talking about here. Yeah, I know. How many of them were body with, like, a back road? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was one of them. It's like body with, a bl- <laughs> like, a back road. Nice guess. Like, boy named Sue, Ring of Fire... I yeah. think Jolene was one out. of them. I mean, back to Dolly. But <laughs> I feel like his music is, I don't know, of its time and also kind of different. I'm not super familiar with the country music of the era, but... I mean, Johnny Cash was, by this point, already singing in prisons and whatnot. So it was, at the very least, an established genre. Yeah. And folk to like a lot of musicians who had sort of started the 60s playing folk had moved on elsewhere but i don't know i'm not a musician so (laughs) i don't really know music stuff i know some music stuff but i don't really know enough about the era to give a reasonable assessment so to speak I don't know any music stuff that involves, like, actual physical instruments. If it doesn't have Hatsune Miku, you're not interested. I don't know where I'm getting this reputation. (laughs) I I don't think I've ever, like, particularly tried to make that my brand or anything like that. You're just reaching for jokes. I never denied that. For someone so heavily associated with the supernatural due to his disappearance and the title UFO, a lot of the songs were actually surprisingly down to earth. I thought you were talking about me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, did I do that? Yes, uh, that, that hit yeah. album that you produced, don't you remember? You did, Ben. <laughs> You're right. That was, I, I can't believe I know that we're I trying to forget high school, but... There are still some good tracks on there. Let's give it some credit. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll admit, I came in expecting, like, this really 
weird pseudo psychedelic experience. Actually, considering the cover for UFO is just a picture of him multiplied several times. Yeah, it's and, not and very plus some sort of weirdness going uh, on. But no, not not in is... the slightest. No, the lyrics have this beautiful poetry to them that I personally really enjoy, and there is a lot about like I don't know being on the road, like highways, and like uh, in the song highways. Yep. You're silly, country boy, don't know you, Rosie. If he did, I'm sure he wouldn't find it all. Just the diamonds in his eyes for his Rosie. Put him in your pile, he have no time to call. Just I, I, I will say there was a... There is a number called Whistle Stop, and I was disappointed, even though this was five years earlier, that it was not a cover of the song from the same name from the Robin Hood movie. The I mean, Whistle Stop song I was previously familiar with was a Louis Prima song. I mean, there is one song that kind of stands out in my memory from the second album, Sunny Jim. Still flies kites, windy day. Which, taking the lyrics at face value, is apparently about a boy who just never grows up. Tis young forever. One of the lyrics is literally just, He said I've been born a million times, but I'm never dead. It's just like, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a metaphor, but still. This Twilight Zone yeah. shit. Yeah, there are, like, interesting lyrics like that. Like, the song UFO refers to, like, there's... Or rather, there is a lyric about only men I know who got up, that got up from the dead. Think he'll ever come up in a different way. Maybe he has come up all hours away. Too much goodness is a sin today. I'm checking out the show with a glassy eye. Looking at the sun dancing through the sky. Did he come? The question is, did he come from UFO? <laughs> I mean, did he come by UFO? God, get it right. Uh, You're embarrassing me. From what? It's my job. <laughs> I'm, looking up the lyrics, people seem to believe that the song UFO is about Jesus. Do they? That's how he's going to return. He's coming back in style, baby. <laughs> yeah. He's coming down from the night sky. Like a fucking Corvette UFO. He'll, he'll yeah. just come in in that car from Greece. It just <laughs> uh, it's gonna beam him so down. Olivia Newton-John like... and John Travolta. Just, Look who we found. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the plot of Greece too. That should have been. And I like. I I feel bad for saying this, but it does kind of seem like with Jim Sullivan, the way that he's remembered, the music is kind of secondary. Yeah. Which is kind of too bad, in my opinion, because... A lot of what I could find in regards to why the album's got a following just seems to state that it's just because they were rare for a long time. 
And that's how you know that it will be... What am I saying? Wait, so when did uh, information about his disappearance and just his story in general start to circulate? Because, I mean, you drew attention to when it got his music got reissued, but I'm not sure if his story was, like, known by that point or if it only really permeated the... It's not the mainstream necessarily, but whatever channels it would be that would be interested in that sort of thing later. From as far as I can find, his reputation came about as a result of the disappearance. Like, he disappeared, word spread, and then people realized, oh, this guy was a musician. And hey... He made an album called UFO. Maybe he was trying to tell us something. U- UFOs. But, and I have seen write-ups on him describing him as always on the edge of fame. So, wouldn't be surprised if he had amassed some kind of audience and eventually just word spread. Yeah, I mean, I would think that the people who cared about him wondered what happened to him. (laughs) That seems fairly reasonable. Uh, Apparently his manager also stated that he and Sullivan once talked about what they would do if they had to disappear. And and Sullivan said that he would walk into the desert and never come back. So, who knows? It's interesting. Not in the not usually an unsolved mysteries podcast, but yeah, looking over this case is fairly intriguing. And Mir, you're you're the one who suggested this, who knows the most about it. What do you think happened? Um, I, although I do like, I don't know, I have a sense of belief in the paranormal, but I don't think he was abducted by aliens. Um, I oh, am. Yeah more inclined to believe he met with foul play, but I don't really know what the circumstances might have been. People say mafia. Yeah, because the ranch... The the mafia of New Mexico. (laughs) The Gennetti family allegedly, I guess, had some sort of mob ties. But I also think it's possible that he might have never actually intended on going to Nashville. He might have intended on ending his life. Yeah, that that's what I was getting at, actually. My, my best guess is just some form of suicide. Because, like... Sad, I don't but know. I've dealt plausible. With, I've dealt with suicidal ideation for, like, over ten years now, so I can... Yeah. I understand how, like, it might not necessarily be evident, and a lot of times people don't leave any sort of note or anything. And I think leaving his guitar behind could very well be the most, like, symbolic sort of gesture of ending it all. Yeah. Which is a very sad <laughs> sort of, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It's by no means the music that I would actively seek out, but he's definitely not a bad artist. It is the music 
kind of music that I like, but my tastes are very eclectic, and I want more of my friends to listen to it so that I can talk about it. There you go. You've had your chance to talk about it. You have any thoughts, Ben? Uh, sorry, I just sort of appreciating the, uh, clock on Muir's end beginning to chime as we (laughs) got into the more grim subject matters. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. That's called synchronicity, baby. (laughs) That's what we're all about. Yeah, I mean, it is also a bit of a shame that he's so heavily associated with the more paranormal aspects and oh aliens because it doesn't really seem like that was his deal at all no i just i wouldn't think that any artist would want that to be their legacy (laughs) yeah i kind of i mean there's certainly some feel like a lot of it a lot of focus is on his disappearance and the weirdness of it and not so much his actual music yeah which just feels like a shame yeah it it's easier to focus on that sort of thing which yeah i mean i don't want to i'm not trying to to like poo-poo people for talking about his disappearance and the paranormal aspect behind it because it's interesting and unique it's just from his end as a musician it's probably you know you would want to be remembered for your music yeah yeah and at, at least now he's gotten more of a chance thanks to the efforts of matt sullivan that's very true. Someone you love, plain as your eyes can see. That's about it for us. Thank you for listening to It's Symbolic. If you have a suggestion, criticism, anything, or you just want to talk, you can contact us on Twitter at It's Symbolic PC or through email at It's Symbolic Podcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram at It's Symbolic Podcast. If you want to see, well, I, I could only find a few pictures of Jim Sullivan, but well, there think are, of something. There are very few out there that I'm able yeah. to find. And as always, no matter how you're listening to us, be it through Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, or some spooky alien technology, be sure to leave a rating and review and tell your friends about us. That's how we know how to get better. That's how the word spreads, and it really does help quite a bit. Because we won't be disappearing anytime soon. We're not? At least not that I. I, 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 I thought on. we had this whole thing planned. I'm I'm going to need to make a few calls now. <laughs> oh no! Shit. Anyway, I'm Jacob. I'm here. I'm Ben. Join us next time when we debate which kind of juice is worse: carrot or fish. I didn't get the second option. Yeah, me you neither. Cut out. <laughs> <laughs> so I just sort of sounded like you were just naming one of them. Oh. <laughs> okay. Here. You Carrot need to make it so that it, or you fish. To, did you say it again? It cut out again. I think. I think we're trying the, the to be told option, something. Here, the second option is fish. Uh huh. Oh, so that was the punchline. <laughs> 
Say something really funny, I'm cutting all of this line. out. No, you need to make it so that in the final cut, when you say fish the first time, it just gets, you don't include it in the final cut, so you get our experience. <laughs> Jesus Christ.